everyone. This is Janice Alpert. Thanks for listening to my next episode of On Purpose. I'm so excited. Well, I'm always excited about all my guests, but today is a special woman named Alana Aviv. And I just think she has a great story of how she got to where she is now. And I'm going to let her tell it. Hi, Alana. Hi, Janice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So why don't we start with just telling us a little bit about where you grew up and what your family life was like, and just give us a little history of who Alana is. All right. So I grew up, I was born in Israel Uh to a mother that was born in Spain and a dad that was born in Morocco. Oh, wow. And yes. And I moved to the United States 31 years ago. So when I was 21. Okay. I moved here, I got married and before, actually when I had my first child, my, the reason I got into skincare was when I, after I had my child, I was on a lot of medications to get pregnant and it made me very sensitive to chemicals, all those medications. And I was very, very sensitive. I couldn't use any skincare that was sold in department store or drugstore. And me, when I have a problem, usually I solve it by just creating my own things. So the problem was there was no skincare out there for me. So I decided to create my own skincare. Very, and very ambitious and innovative. Go ahead. Very, but that's who I am, right? Yes. And so I started looking into it and I decided that I will do an aesthetic course before, just so that I get to know basic things about skin before I create skincare, right? Okay. So I did a basic skincare course to get my license. And then I realized that I loved it so, so, so much that I did 2,500 more postgraduate hours. Oh my goodness. So but, but before we get to that, so in case people don't know, because I, I left it very vague, that that's what Ilana does now is, is skincare, but in a very, well, I'll let her explain it. But back in Israel, in terms of your growing up, are you, you know, in terms of, did you have a lot of kids in your family? Was anyone else in the medical field or, you know, like, yeah, just a little background. Yes. So we're seven siblings. My dad was an Orthodox rabbi. Oh my And actually my mom's sister, my aunt is the first esthetician I've ever met. Oh, I am the youngest of the seven. Oh, okay. And um, do they still all live in Israel or does anyone else live here in the U.S.? Everyone lives in Israel with the exception of one sister who lives in New York. Oh, okay. And I was actually always fascinated. That's another twist to the story. I was always fascinated with my aunt who was an esthetician. She was always, she always had a finesse to her and she was so elegant and beautiful and her skin was so soft always. And she was well before her time. I mean, way, way before her time because she. She went to school in Paris and she came to Israel with her thick, heavy French accent doing aesthetics. And she was new to all of this. And she had like followings of thousands of people that were her, you know, clients and followers. And I was always fascinated by her. So she was always in the back of my mind as something cool. Right. Mm -hmm. And then. So like, I'm just curious in high school or whatever, did you ever. I don't know. What's the word I want to use? When you work underneath someone, intern, you know, and kind of be her. um... So no. So I actually was in a gifted school for dentistry. I wasn't. So in Israel, back in the 70s and 80s, Mm -hmm. aesthetics was not considered a very upscale profession. Okay. 
Okay, got it. And my parents wanted me to do something else. So it wasn't an option for me to go to aesthetic school then yeah. in okay. Israel when I was young. So you went to so dental school? I did dentistry. Wow. But I didn't love dentistry at all. It wasn't my passion. It wasn't mm-hmm. something I wanted to do. I just did it because it was expected of me, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. And so I did that, moved to United States. What um, brought you? So what, how come you came to the United States, but everyone else stayed in Israel? In Israel? Yeah. So I had a job offer to manage an office in New York of a company that was owned by two Israelis. They lived in Israel and they needed an office manager in New York. So they offered me a job mm-hmm. and I jumped on the opportunity because that's another thing that I always wanted to do is live in the United States. Okay. So that was something um, that you had a yearning to do. There was a calling inside, like, I want to go to the US. was very little. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So something yeah. inside here said, I need to make my life in the United States. And you listened yeah. to it. Okay. It was very strong in me. I wow. knew it as a, as a young child. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember moved. listeners, we all have those little voices. So you got to listen. listen to them. Yep. Yes. So you moved here by yourself at 21 years old. Yes. That's pretty and brave. Very brave. I'm thinking about it now. I have a son who's 22 years old. I'm just thinking sometimes, what if he decides to move across, you know, the oceans? And Ex- how would I feel about it? Yeah, it was, it was a brave and, and yeah, very. decision. Were your yeah. parents I'm upset? I did it. Yeah. They were upset. upset. They were very upset because okay. they were older already. I'm the youngest of the seven. Right. So they couldn't visit me often. And it was very hard on them as well as me. It was hard mm-hmm. on me as well. Mm-hmm. Your little voice. Help. Yep. Your little voice said, I need, I need to them. It's my family every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but now with that, technology, at least you can be more in you know, contact. Back then it was, I'm sure, much harder. It was. Yeah. So you came here, here, I met in New York, I met my ex-husband who was already living in Chicago. And after a year of going out together, I moved to Chicago. Mm -hmm. And in Chicago, I actually found a dentist who offered me a job and I decided not to work with him, but he sponsored me. And that's how I got my citizenship and we became good friends. And I was looking to do something. I was working with my ex-husband and I was looking to do something that I loved mm-hmm. and then I was trying to get pregnant and I developed the sensitivity to chemicals where I couldn't right. use any literally anything not even a, a laundry detergent wow so I was talking to my ex and I said I need to do something about it I need to create my own skincare was, somehow so was, that he I, the, is, was he or is he in the medical field at all or science? no he wasn't no okay, okay so but but he, you said I need I need to develop no, I was just voicing my thoughts Oh, to him. Okay. I just said, you know, I need to do this. I'm not, you know, there's nothing out there that I can use and I need to create my own mm-hmm. um, things. I actually make until today, I make my own laundry detergent and things like that, that I create and just you, for myself. You still love doing it. I love doing it. Okay. So remember <laughs> what I love most today, what I love most is when my clients come to me and I resolve issues that I've had before and I resolve it for them. And it makes me so, so, so happy like to see that they have sensitivity and now they don't, they learn mm-hmm. from my experience, what causes their skin issues, skin mm-hmm. problems. And we, we heal their skin and we get it. I always say it's not about just beauty and getting like rid of a mark. It's about balancing your skin, bringing it to a healthy state. That's when your skin is looking great and happy. You know what I love about this? 
you know, the whole underlying theme here is you had an experience that was challenging and you turn that experience into a profession that you absolutely love. And so again, I think that's just something else to remind people who are listening that even if we have something we think, oh, this is so horrible. You don't know that whatever it is that's so horrible may be a pathway to something that you're destined to do. So 100%. Right. So let's keep those, let's keep our whole thoughts of destiny and our passion, our purpose like open. Okay. So you say to your ex, I need to develop some skincare products. And so then what happens? So then I thought more into it and I decided that I need to study aesthetics before I create skincare so that I learn more about the skin and, and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I registered to a skincare course, the mm-hmm. basic course to get my license. And then I loved that course and I actually graduated with honors. It was a great course. And then I decided that it's not enough. It's, it's very basic and I needed more. And I did many, many, many more postgraduate classes. Mm-hmm. The more I did, the more I wanted to know and do more. And it, mm-hmm. it, it almost for, for three, four years, it's all I did. I just took classes, you know. It sounds like it didn't feel like work, that you loved doing it and you loved learning. And this it like you wasn't were, work. You were in your zone. Totally in my zone. It was, just, it was just pleasure and satisfying in so many ways. I mean, I learned so much about things that are not spoken about, about skin and sensitivities and ingredients and Allergies, I'm guessing allergies, people who, you know, if you're sensitive, you might have an allergic thing or, yeah. And when I was studying all of this, Mm -hmm. dermatologists still then, I remember my own dermatologist saying, "Ah, don't worry about it. Anything topical doesn't go into the, deep into the skin. And today we know, and I knew it then, and today we know that skincare actually penetrates to the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So the thought, and I knew it then because I knew from my own body, the reaction that I get from putting skincare on my own body. And I would remember going, being frustrated from them telling me that it's not penetrating. Mm -hmm. So we know more today and I'm happy about it. But I was one of the first people 30 years ago telling everybody skincare does penetrate and it does get into the blood. Yeah, it goes more than skin deep, if I may say so. Yeah, so. Exactly. Got it. And, so, um, and while you were doing these classes, were you working on clients like people as part of your practice or, or so not I yet? was, I oh, was, okay. I was working and then I didn't create the line yet. It took me a couple. So I started working on people in 96 and I created okay. my line in 2005. You have a lot of perseverance, young lady. I that did a lot of research and finally I found the laboratory that I wanted to work with. And it took me years to come up with the formulations and and you, get it approved. And yeah. Do you remember feeling frustrated? Because when I was making it at home, there was no issue with, with expiration date. I would make it, put it on me, and then throw the rest of it. And then right. when I had to make it in, in bulk, I had to think about other things and other ingredients to incorporate it safe enough and not damaging, yet would give me a shelf life of a year. Right. So that's why it took me long. And finally, I did it. And I've been working on people since 96 and there was not one day that I wake up and I'm like I don't want to do this every day I wake up in the morning and I love it I can't wait to see my first client can't wait to today well you know you're one of my family yes. in the tribe today it's my clients are, are more like family I know everything about them they know everything about me because Ilana is like besides so good at what she does because I do go to her what I love about her philosophy is her whole Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like for her, it's like, how do I want to say this in a nice way? I feel so many women, particularly if you're 
like we live in a more upscale neighborhood. It's it's about I don't want to have this spot and I don't want to have a wrinkle and I don't want to have this. A lot of philosophy is, I mean, that's all fine too, but really she wants you to feel healthy and keep your skin glowing. And because she knows what penetrates on the inside, she's worried about your, this is how I always feel. She's worried about your total health. And here's the other thing about Ilana, just FYI, she's a very attractive woman. I've never seen her with a stitch of makeup on. She is like a natural, like she just believes in, yes, she wants your skin to be healthy, but she doesn't really think that you have to do anything. At least my experience is because she knows I don't like pain. She works with who you are and she's so just, you can feel the love while she's working on you. So, and you still feel that way to this day. Yes, I do. And and thank you so much for saying that. And I'm so happy that you feel this way. It makes me happy. And yes, I still feel like this every morning, every day when I wake up and testimony to that is that my daughter now is studying the same thing. She wants to do the same thing that I'm doing because she sees me. That is not the ultimate whatever you want to say, compliment and testament to kind of who you are and, and really what she sees. I just want to go back. So we're, while you were doing your um, getting the ingredients together and trying to do this, it sounds like it took about seven years or whatever it was, eight years. Do you remember feeling frustrated? And how did you deal with those feelings if you were? There were points where I don't know about if it was frustration, but I was tired. There were points where I was tired and I was asking myself, I'm doing the right thing. And, and do right. I need to you, do this? You said yeah, you had a baby. I don't, and then I don't know how far apart your kids are, but I'm, I'm picturing you, young mother, trying to build a, a whole new skin line. And I had two I, babies and, by then, yes. And you had two kids by then. All right. So when you were really tired, how did you manage those feelings? And if you were frustrated, as I was saying, I kept telling myself, if I need it, there's, there has to be so many other women out there who need it. They, there must be a, um, a market for these people, you know, need, if I need it, I know other people need it. Right. So and that kept me going. And I, and I knew my kids needed it because they were very sensitive. So I felt like there has to be. So it was know, almost like, again, this calling, like a mission that yes, you loved it, but you also had a feeling, which is another thing about when you know you're on your life purpose or your destiny, whatever, is that if we're doing it and we love it, but we also have a feeling like there's a need out there. I'm going to help other people then there's no way it can't, if you stick with it, something's going to pop in a good way, both emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and financially. So, yeah. So now, so did you work ever? I know, I know you work on your own now, but before you got to there, did you work for another esthetician or a dermatologist or what did you? I've never worked for anyone. I've always worked for myself. That's part of why I love this job as well so much, because I, I have my own hours if I want from now on to work from noon until four, that's what I do. Um, it gives me a lot of freedom and I like freedom. Mm-hmm. I like traveling. I like doing my own thing. So it's, it's a perfect match for me, this particular job, doing it from, for myself, not working for anybody. Also with my personality, you know, my personality, I yes. don't think I can work for anybody. <laughs> I'm going to agree to that. <laughs> I'm going to agree to that. She's a strong personality and she, she likes, Hey, I, I do too. So I totally, I, I, I get it. So going back when you were tired and feeling frustrated, how did you like, keep going? What was the impetus you were saying? So that- actually it, that's the time when I learned to meditate it was when I was creating my skincare line, I started doing. I started meditating and I started doing yoga and I would take breaks when I was, when I was getting to a point where either I couldn't get the formulation the way I wanted it, or 
it would have taken too long or I couldn't get some things approved. I would just stop everything, take a day off or two days off, relax, meditate, walk, and then continue. Two days later, continue from wherever I stopped. First um, of all, I love that. You know, I'm a total believer in meditation. You know, I meditate when I'm with you. Um, I, I, I do. Um, I think that's so important. So you knew enough to know that when you were feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, you weren't kind of going off your path, but you needed a little break. So you would yes. take a day or two off, meditate, whatever you needed to do. But at no time during that break, did you think, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm give up. Never, never, never. Amazing. No, I always knew that that's what I, I, I always knew I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like not only that, I'm also a teacher. I also teach aesthetics. I feel like I have to share my knowledge. I always mm-hmm. feel like I have to share Everything that I know about skincare, I have to share with my clients. I have to educate them. Sometimes I, I feel like I talk too much with them because I need to educate them. And then no, I, I never get. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I've learned a lot from you. So, so how I got Alana's name was through another friend, whatever, a couple of years ago. And as far as my skincare, as Alana knows, I probably washed my face with soap and water up until I met you a couple of years ago. And under the circumstances, I think that I was probably just blessed with good genes, but with Alana's help and teaching, and you can hear it in her voice. It's not, as I said to me, I felt it right from the get-go that it's not about looking any more beautiful. I mean, that's fine, but that's not what it's about for you at all. To me, it's really about being healthy inside and out and that your skin is what you present to the world first. And if it's icky, then one, you don't feel good necessarily inside yourself. But two, I, I think from what I've learned from you, it's also represent, representative of probably what else is going on in your body. Exactly. I was going to exactly say that. So our skin is an organ and it's the biggest organ we have. Yeah. And everything that goes inside our body will show up on the skin. If there's any issue in our body, it will always somehow will show up in the skin. And I have a client that I've actually She's going to watch this podcast because she's a friend of mine on Facebook. But we actually, she came over one day and she had this thing on her skin and she was asking me, what do you think it is? And I said to her, it has to do with your kidney or liver because I studied that. I I studied the Chinese mapping of the skin as well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. from that, I was able to see that something was wrong internally with her, with her liver or kidney. And, And I wasn't sure what it was, but but that's what I thought it was. And then a few months later, she called me and she said, sure enough, she was diagnosed. She had a tumor right next to her liver. Wow. So your, skin, your skin shows everything. Mm-hmm. And we just have to listen and, and look at it and treat it, you know, properly. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love that our skin talks to us. And, and it's well, fast, to me, it's fascinating. But that's just another measure that we kind of know what we're supposed to be doing here. And, you know, your whole philosophy, you will, you know, I, I totally agree that it is, it's, it's what's going on on the inside. It shows up on the outside. And first of all, that's amazing. You probably helped save your friend's life. So fantastic. So even like right now though, so now you've been doing this since 1996. So whatever that is a long time and you've made your own schedule and you're, you know, doing well, et cetera. And there's still, when you wake up in the morning, is there any day where you say, you know what, I do need a couple of days off. I'm going to go on vacation or I'm going to meditate. Or do you plan that in your schedule? Like, what do you do to take care of yourself? So I, 
go on vacations a lot. I always say I work for my kids and for vacations. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I don't need money. But yes. Um, oh, that's a blessing. Yep. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Traveling is is what keeps me happy and and going forward. And if I couldn't take breaks, I probably wouldn't want to work so hard. But I work and I love what I do because I can take breaks whenever I want. And I just put it on the schedule. Like I'm going to Greece for my birthday in August and I just had to reschedule clients. And mm -hmm. all good now. But for you, yeah. that's a priority. So as much as you, and that is what part of what helps you continue loving what you're doing. And so, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yes. All right. So if you were to like, you know, have any advice for anyone who's listening, like, I don't know, like here to me, the way I hear it is that you had an urge at a very young age, a calling, whatever word you want to use, like, I need to go live in the US. And said at 21, you had an opportunity and you took it. So you had that little voice. In addition, you had an aunt, kind of a mentor, who you just were always enthralled with aesthetics, you know, skin care, not just aesthetics, the, the whole line, the whole bit. And you thought, this is something I really have to do. Even though you were trained to be a dentist, you went, no, not that there's anything wrong with being a dentist, but that was not, you, you weren't getting like, oh, this is fantastic inside yourself. So it wasn't my calling. It wasn't your calling. Exactly. So I'm happy there are people that that is their calling because especially since I just had a tooth pulled and, and, and thank God he was there. But anyways, even though that was not pleasant, but that's sidebar on my tooth issue. Anyways, I'm, I'm all good now. Any thoughts that you would say to someone who's kind of struggling, like they have a dream or they have an issue and they're thinking, I don't know, if, even even what you did with with your developing your line. I mean, that was took you eight years. That was a long time, yes. but you didn't give up. So any any thoughts on what you would say to someone who's like, yeah, I do have a great idea, but I don't know. And Yes. First of all, believe that you can do it. Believe mm -hmm. that you can do it. You'll find a way somehow to do it. Okay. And look, envision, look, make it in your head. Look how you do it. Like pretend like you're really doing it. Write it down. Have a plan. Even if you don't have the funds, you will find a way. If you really believe in it and you really put it as a goal, mm -hmm. you will find a way to do it. You just have to to put it out there for yourself mm -hmm. and it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. You just have to believe in yourself and do it and it will happen. Don't, yeah. don't look for excuses because there's always excuses. Why not? Mm -hmm. And if you really want to do something, look at the positive. Why? Yes. How? Yes, you can do it. How? What? Yes. What you need. Make a list. Work for it. Nothing happens overnight. So realize right. that as well. What I've said all along on all my podcasts, just, it doesn't mean that when you're going on your purpose, and that's true for myself as well, that it's necessarily smooth sailing. Better to go ahead and say, okay, I'm uncomfortable. I'm nervous. You know, you're talking about having a vision. So this is just sort of a funny story. So the first time I heard the word vision board was many, many, many years ago. And it was sort of like, make just what you're saying, make a board. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make a vision board. I wanted to get my book published and my first book. And I remember I put on a, this is, I don't know, 35 years ago, I took a piece of poster board and I put on there um, the name of my book. I put on there that I would be on Oprah, who was just came to Chicago. There was an ad in the paper back when they had ads in the paper from Barnes and Noble. And I put, I cut out that thing and I put my picture on there. And every day I would put it, it was on my mirror by the bathroom. And I would say, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And thought, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But meanwhile, I wrote the book. You know, you can't just visualize it. You do have to do some work. 
So I sat down and wrote the book and then I contacted, I don't know, I had, I tried to find an agent, but bottom line is the book got published. And do I think it's just because I made a vision board? No, but I don't think it hurt. So I think when you have a vision, I did the same thing before I met my second husband as I, I made a vision board on the qualities that I was looking for and did some prayer and put everything in there. And lo and behold, he pretty much has most of the qualities, you know, maybe one or two, I had a compromise. Okay. But meanwhile, it's almost 20 years and, you know, we're happy and it's all good. So I love the idea about having the vision and solidify the goal and to know inside that it, even if it's not smooth sailing, it doesn't mean you stop. If you have that inner feeling like this is your purpose, this is your destiny, then you sort of, you can't hardly say no, because if you do, you're just going to feel really uncomfortable, not going to work. It will most likely not be a smooth sailing. If it's, it's most, most likely there will be difficulties and, and things that, right? Yeah, I was going to say bumps in the road. Go ahead. Yes. Right. So people who have a dream or they want to do something very, very badly, they have to figure that out, that it's most likely it's not going to be an easy sale and and they'll have to work hard for it and and there'll be bumps and they'll have to get over the bump. You right. know exactly. Oh well, thank you so much for sharing. So you know, I always end with a quote, and as anyone who's listened knows that I pick the quote before I talk to the person because I never know where it's going. So again, I picked this quote before we spoke. So here it is: Listen for the call of your destiny, and when it comes, release other plans so you can follow your calling. By Molly Marty. I don't know who that is, but it's kind of what we're it. saying: Listen for the call of your destiny. And when it comes, release your other plans and follow their calling. So it's, again, it's just another reminder that, you know, if we're going to be on our path and be on our purpose, then it's a good thing. It may be bumpy, but once you're there, like you love what you do. I love what I do. All the people that I've talked to love what they do. Listeners, you can love what you do too. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Great. So that's all for today. Thank you for listening to On Purpose. Hope you're living your life with purpose and on purpose. Until next time, this is Janice Alpert. Bye for now.